Hey everyone, uh, Walker here. You know, before we get into this episode, you know, I just wanted to talk about some news I received. You know, I saw online Thursday morning. Uh, you know, friend of mine, a trainer in the industry, one of the best trainers up in DFW, Noel Scarlett. Uh, Sally passed away. Um, he was the father of Jaden Scarlett, who you know was a big player there at Cormdale. And also his uh, older brother also went through Cormdale as well. So it was just, um, it was hard, you know, hearing that news. You know, he coached me at Silas Christian for a year. And it was, um, he right away you understood how good he was at his job. He pushed everyone, um, any kid he trained to be the best version of themselves. You know, he was just so good at his job. Uh, he knew the game so well. He was just such a valuable asset for DFW in the community. And he was just so helpful for so many kids, public or private, around DFW and the state. Um, you know, he's helped a lot of guys get better who are private school guys, you know, um, including our own team for South Christian for one year. He was one of the first people who really believed in me to go where I didn't even think I was able to achieve my dreams with regarding football and the offers I got. Um, he thought and just believed in me wholeheartedly when a lot of people really just didn't see that or just didn't believe that, even myself included. Um, and I think that's one thing I'll always respect about him is that he believed in you and pushed you to be the best. He was someone I really looked up to as just a man and just – was a great human being. Um, looking back, you know, I always got to talk to him when I went up in DFW for certain events for, and the job that I have and just seeing him around, you know, always, always a great person just talk to get, uh, catch up with. He'll be deeply missed and, you know, thoughts and prayers to the Scarlet family going through this time. I will put the uh, donation GoFundMe page for the funeral for him down below. Um, I just wanted to say this quickly before we go into the episode, but yeah, um, thoughts and prayers, rest in peace, a great man and great person in the industry of Texas high school football. That's really, really for me. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate everyone uh, watching the podcast and here's today's episode. Thank you. Hello, howdy, and welcome back to another episode of season two of the Texas Private School Podcast. Uh, you might notice this is a little bit different setup than normal. As you can tell, I'm not in my normal, luxurious, upscale college station apartment. I had to drive over to Ryan's because uh, the internet, the standard in college station is terrible, and I want that on the record. But um, basically, my co-hosts, as always, are Ryan Schroeder in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and Walker Lott, who is right next to me. So, Ryan, I'll start with you this time. How are, how are you doing in Stillwater? Good. Another week of classes. Um, you know, going well. I know y'all y'all just started, though, right? Didn't y'all just start this week? Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm on week three, and these kids are on week one. What is this? I've been in school for so much longer. This is dumb. But, yeah, going well, though. Yes, still this week has had me in a chokehold. Uh, Walker, how have you been doing? Uh, same there. Uh, it's been very stressful. But you know what? We're going to still get this episode out this week no matter what. So I'm excited. Completely agree. We actually have a lot of information to go over that we're going to do 
And first of all, we're going to start by recapping our picks from the last week. Um, Ryan went nine and two and me and Walker went eight and three. I want to address now um, my mortal lock of the century in Colleyville Covenant to beat Grapevine Faith, which I hyped up an unbelievable amount, absolutely crashed and burned. They lost 30 to six. And personally, I might never forgive the Colleyville program for this. This is something I won't forget. And that makes me very, very disappointed. But I mean, overall, in my opinion, those records aren't bad. I mean, it's the first week of the season. We had very, lim- we had very limited information to go off of. I mean, we're pretty much all just looking at Dave Campbell's and comparing schedules from last year. So I'll, I'll see what y'all think. What do y'all think in terms of those records? Uh, I just think I'm a winner. If I'm being completely honest with you, I don't know why you're trying to discredit my win. I don't win at a lot of things in life, so I'm trying to take my wins where I can get them. So, but anyways, no, no, you're right though. You're right. I mean, it, it is first week and uh, best believe I'm going to be the winner at the end of the season too. Though, Like, like that's like, like I'm one now I'll be one at the end of the season too, but that's, that's fine. See what's on the top of my head right here. It's called a cap. That is. Oh uh, yeah. 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 All, all that back there too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out on top. I, I fully believe it. Walker, what do you think of our, our combined records? Um, you know, I think uh, some teams just came came out stronger than we thought. Um, you know, some of those D3 teams, especially Cypress this past week, you know, showed they, they're here to play. And uh, I'm really excited to see them down the road. And, you know, there's another game this week that's going to be very interesting to see how they do. So, you know, I made a comment that I should never bet against Chris Hogan. And for some reason, I don't listen to my own advice because I'm a fool. However, we'll get more into that later. There's a lot of Division Three matchups that I really like. Also, with other Division Two teams that we'll get into. But first of all, we have to go over the players of the week on offense and defense from this last week. And we have some absolutely insane performances we need to go over. First of all, the player of the week on offense, at least my vote, was Zach Johnson. Uh, he had 23 carries, 257 yards, and this was the kicker, seven touchdowns. That's absolutely wild. He's going to be an absolute workhorse again this year for Shiner St. Paul. And I think he's a guy that they can hitch their wagon to. But Walker, I'll start with you. What did you think about Zach Johnson's performance? That seven touchdowns is absolutely insane. I mean, I know they are in that run powered offense and that is makes sense, but still like you, th- how do you not stop seven touchdowns, especially that one guy? Like, if you know, all right, they're going to hand him the rock. Like, how do you – I just don't get that. That's insane. But props to the guy. You know, he balled out this last week. I'm really excited to see how good he is, especially in this matchup he has this week. Fair. Ryan, your thoughts? I totally agree with Walker. Like, I mean, it gets to a point where if he's already had four, how do you let him score three more? Like, you, you, like, you know the ball is going to him just like – I don't know. It's, it's funny. It's funny to think that way. And obviously, you know, I hope to see, I hope he keeps it up. I hope he keeps it up. Okay. Ironically enough, I do have a point of view from the defense's perspective here. Um, first of all, at Grace, especially my junior year, our front seven was absolutely horrendous. It was terrible. I played in the secondary, so I can say that and put the blame on them. But we played Wascom one year. And their running back who committed to SMU, I think had either seven or eight touchdowns. And it gets to a point that like, you just can't stop it. There's no other way to put it. Some guys are just way too athletic for the teams they're playing, and that's how that happens. But, I mean, transferring away from Zach Johnson's incredible effort. On defense, we're looking at Derek Felder, 22 defensive back from the Woodlands Christian Academy, who had three interceptions, a tackle, a tackle for loss, and a pass breakup. And honestly, if I just saw three interceptions, 
I would have taken him anyways. He was up with some other guys, some guy had a pick six and two interceptions and some other guy had like 10 or 15 tackles. It's just, it's so rare that you see three picks in a game. I really had to take this here. I'm open to debate. If you think this is incorrect or I missed someone, please let me know in the comments. But like I said, it was honestly a coin flip between him and the 22 Cypress Christian defensive back, Jackson Owen, who had two picks. But like I said, it's crazy to have three picks in a game. Why do you keep throwing at that kid? Ryan, I'll start with you here. What are your, what are your thoughts? Do you think I got that right? No, I mean, you're right. It's just like, it's the same thing as the other situation. It's if you know a guy is balling out, you can't keep throwing it on his side of the field. Like you just, you got to find other options. You know, he's going to be on your best wide receiver because he's been doing the same thing all game. You got to use your other weapons. They may not have other weapons. So it comes to that kind of thing. But in all reality, it's the same thing as this. It just, just like if you're on offense, you can't, I mean, just like if you're on defense, you got to play the, you got to play against the run. It's the same thing on offense. If you know defenders are good in certain areas, you can't go to that same side. You have to learn over a period of time, and you can't let one guy have three interceptions. Just the thing. Walker? I mean, you all both said it correctly. I mean, I know I was offensive lineman, but I, I how do you throw it to that man? You really, like, I, that's just, it's insane. I mean, just straight up. I mean, that's got to be on a coaching staff at one point. That like you, you got to just say, you got to tell your quarterback, do not throw the ball to the side of the field. It's like the Deion Sanders effect. Just don't throw to that no, side of the field. No. It's very simple. Yep. But actually, now we're going to transition into talking about the last week's matchups. And first of all, we're going we're going to start with the game that absolutely broke my heart in half: Grapevine Faith versus Covenant Christian. Um, I'm going to let Walker take this away because if I start talking about this, I'm probably going to throw up. So, it was a. It's an interesting matchup. I think. I've, first of all, you know, Grapevine Faith won 30 to six and a dominant. And frankly, we were just wrong. I think we just were so high on Covenant this year. I mean, from last year, kind of just going to do wherever they really wanted Division Three. We were like, all right, with the talent they had, the talent they're returning, how can you not win this game? And I think Grapevine Faith showed, all right, we're here. And show how they've always been that big time school in division two. And they're staying with that. I mean, since I've been in high school, since I've been in middle school, they've always been that power and they're still going to be that power. Um, you know, Chase cross passed for 355 yards and four touchdowns with Josh Terrell, you know, receiving two of those touchdowns with on four catches, 185 yards receiving. And then Parker Bailey caught the other two touchdowns with only four catches again for 170 yards receiving. Um, if any stat really defined that game for Covenant, it's that Covenant's quarterback, Rhett Rentiera, he had 14 carries and he had negative 40 yards rushing. I got that from, you know, Dallas Morning News. So if that's wrong, it's wrong. But I, I think that just shows how much that defense locked down that, that offense for Covenant. So um, that is just shocking. And I think it shows – how good faith will be this year. And I think it shows, all right, maybe we need to step back a little bit of how good covenant is. Yeah, no, before I let Ryan go, I'm just going to say, I think more than anything, first of all, I'm not down on covenant this year because of this one game. I think more than anything, this tells us grapevine faith 
was a lot better than we anticipated. And that's that's on that's on me in a sense for not realizing that. I'll, I'll admit we had limited information going into the season. However, this really shows us they are the real deal and they're not going to fly under the radar any longer. And it, it'll be interesting to see how they do. And what I'll say is an absolutely stacked Division II this year with Southwest, Dallas Christian, uh, Regents. I think that division is going to be very, very interesting. We'll get to that more later. Ryan, what did you think about uh, the the atrocity that was Grapevine Faith versus Covenant? Now, I'm I'm gonna say this how it was. It's just we were we were all wrong. Even Tepper was wrong. I mean, we all picked uh, Covenant, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, I I, I just want to apologize to Covenant. I mean, I want to apologize not to Covenant. Covenant, you screwed us over, but <laughs> apologize to Great Grapevine Faith. Like you know, like we did not you know know enough about this team. We dog, I mean, not dog, but like we said, Chase Cross wasn't going to go out there and do this. And he dropped 355 and four, and four touchdowns. I love that. Also, that's kind of scary that two wide receivers had over 100, 170 yards or over with two touchdowns apiece. Nice. Imagine, imagine going up against that. And you have to, and you have to know that your top two corners, like if you have a number one corner and the other guy's not as good, doesn't matter. You got two weapons. You have to be able to cover both of them no matter what. It's so that's so scary to think about. But um talking about the um the running about the quarterback, I low-key think those are just uh, sacks that were counted as rushes. Um, so if those are sacks counted as rushes, um, which is what I would assume, I don't know how many sacks they would have had, but that's still insane. That's insane defensive lineman work right there. Like You've done so well, or I mean, linebackers, whatever, too, but you've just done so well with keeping, um, you know, keeping Rhett Rentiera from doing anything during that game. I, I big props to Great Fun Faith defense, big props to Chase Cross and uh, uh, Terrell and uh, Bailey. I, I really, really am excited to see them play more this year, but scary. Division two, Division two is going to see some scariness with Great Fun Faith this year. That's what I'm going to call right now. Yeah, and I want to say one thing. You know, the top 150 player in the country, you know, Etta, was only given well, – he only had one sack on the game. I mean, if you stop a player from disrupting a game like he should be doing in that game, uh-huh. that's, that's, that's how you seal that game for the win. So, Yeah, I think only time will tell if Grapevine Faith is this good and Covenant is where they is. We have to let – we have to get a bigger sample size on these teams and see. But it will be really, really interesting to follow these teams into the future. I think I think what we have to say real quick, not to cut you off, sorry, but what we have to say real quick, it's just still D two versus D three. All right, this is still this is still a mismatch. So I I this is not within its own uh, division. It's a mismatch, and I want us to all realize that. I want all people to realize that it's a mismatch. Okay, so it's funny to bring that up because I'm going to have another statement that relates to that later, which will be pretty definitive and interesting. But we'll we'll hit on that once we're a little yeah. farther in. But now we actually run into Parrish versus Bel Air, and I'd be doing an injustice not to let Walker take this because he was actually covering this game live. So I'll let you take this away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Bel Air Episcopal. They were all they were very welcoming, and I was very happy to be down there. Um, I want to say one thing. They have one of the best student sections in probably TAPS in private school. You know, I went to two 6A games back-to-back and then went to that one, and I honestly will say that one probably argued with those 6A games. Honestly, that team – 
has the one of the best fans student sections ever and they have a gong they have a gong man i want to say yeah. this they have a thing they have like four guys are called the gong squad and they get their the gong is passed down each class from these guys who like bang on a gong every game every student event every sporting event sorry i don't know if i know what that is a gong it's a gong yeah, like you know like that yeah uh gong instrument i'm looking this up so confused oh my god they had that at a game yes they just lug that into the stadium yes that's so scary i i think it was so cool so i want to shout out for them for that for sure that's cool but now of course so thank you (laughs) shout out all them thank you now let's talk about the game Parish won 34-14, and I honestly don't think the game was ever in doubt. You know, it was just like how slowly can they get over the first game, just like mess-ups to kind of seal the game. And that would happen in late in the fourth quarter, third quarter. Um, but Parish locked down that offense. Belair only scored on a kickoff return, which was really going to happen because they, they went almost yard like three times, and then on the fourth one or third one, they hit it. And then the other one was against the twos later in the fourth quarter, third quarter, I forget. Um, it, so that defense can basically seal the deal for Parrish's win. And on the offensive side, as always, Parrish found their guy in 2025, Sawyer Anderson. Kid looked legit. You know, I mean, I don't know where they get him, but they found him. And he, in his first ever varsity game, he went 14 for 26, 176, and two TDs. I mean, he just looked composed in the pocket. He wasn't scared to make those throws when people were coming in his face. He was ready to go. The kid, like, the kid was barely even fitting his jersey. That's how, like, you know, he's He's a freshman. freshman. And he was so composed. So, you know, uh, talking to Novikov after the game and just seeing how he is, they have a special quarterback over there at Parrish. And he's going to be their guy next four years. So shout out to him. Um, but the thing about it is they always don't have to rely on that quarterback of a freshman because when you have Andrew Paul in the backfield who went for 123 yards on 27 carries and scored three times, you don't, you don't need to worry about that quarterback doing everything for that team. Um, that kid is an absolute just monster and a unit on that team. Um, he, there was never a doubt that I really thought that he was never going to fight for yards forward. Like he just was that guy that he's just going to plow over people. And he's a little shifty too. Um, He behind that great offensive line with Aiden Gilmore leading the way, that's going to be dangerous for any team in TAPS division one. Going to the other side, Bel Air's season is really going to depend on how good that offense is going to be. They need to click that switch that they just did not find in this game so they can win games. That defense, led by that defensive line, especially Bo Edwards, the Air Force commit, they're going to keep them in that game. They kept them in that game, honestly, to like middle third, and I think you just saw that wear and tear of that defense getting tired, and then that's how it kind of struggled towards the end. But that defense will keep them in games. Their offense is going to depend on if they win those games, and that's really all you really need to say about that game. First of all, was Bel Air student section better than what we've seen out of Central Catholic so far? Because right now, in my mind, Central Catholic is probably the student section to beat. In oh, Taps. when I saw that video, I was insane. And we'll put it on the screen for sure. But that student section, I mean, Taps got some people that they they love their school. And I think that's maybe a topic that we should go reach out and see 
who really does have the best student section in private school. So that might be something we go uh, tweet out and try to figure out that. But Central Catholic is up there for sure. We will run a poll and figure that out because I really do want to know. But right now, it looks like the two that are up there are um, our Central Catholic and Bel Air. But we'll figure that out later. Um, yeah, what I wanted to hit on, uh, Walker was talking about um, Sawyer Anderson, who's a 25 quarterback. Um, this 25 quarterback class in taps is going to be elite. I think this could be one of the greatest quarterback classes to ever come out of taps. You have at least five freshmen that started in like big games this past week, which we'll, we'll hit on later, but that's something to watch out for and something we'll hit on more in detail later. Uh, Ryan, you have any closing thoughts from Parrish Bel Air? It's kind of what we expected. No, I mean, nothing really to say crazy, but yeah, I'm, I'm, if I got eyes on anybody, I got eyes on Andrew Paul, if I'm being completely honest, like I I'm looking at his, just his thing right now, six foot two fifteen, runs a four five three forty. Um, and he's a three-star right now. So excited to see what he does for the rest of the year. No, for sure. I did want to ask, how did Blake Youngblood do? That's someone I want to So I think Blake, I think, uh, I think he was his, so Cedric Mays was his main target, was Sawyer's main target just out of the backfield. And that, and you can do so much with that damage. But I think Blake Youngblood will be that guy. Hey, if I need a pass, I got him. And I think that's what he's going to be back to being one of the best, you know, lead probably DFW in passing yards again or receiving yards again this year. Well, I would have to guess that right now they're just using the quick game with Sawyer Anderson, get him comfortable. And Blake Youngblood is more of a vertical threat that gets you chunk yards. So I think once the season goes on, this is my irrelevant opinion, but I think you'll see Blake Youngblood start to, you know, get some momentum and rolling once Sawyer Anderson becomes more comfortable, which is looking like he's getting more comfortable with every snap he's in the pocket. However, only time will tell how Parrish develops with that interesting situation they have. But now we look into Cypress Christian versus Fort Worth Christian, the Division Three team that I should have hooked my wagon to. I didn't do that, and I went down with the ship. However, Cypress had a different outcome. I told y'all there would be a D3 upset somewhere. I just picked the wrong team. But, you know, I, obviously I should have been riding with them. But Walker let you introduce this, Cypress Christian versus Fort Worth Christian. I mean, I think – I mean – why do we keep betting against Hogan, man? I just don't get it. Um, you know, they won 23-8 in a very dominating fashion. The only score for uh, Fort Worth Christian coming in the third quarter. Um, story of the game was defense holding those weapons of Fort Worth Christian to only eight points. And they picked off Hogan Nelson three times, who starts, by the way, as a freshman. Hogan Nelson is a 25 again, another 25 freshman starting for a good team in private school. So they did not roll with the Lake, uh, Lake Ridge transfer, uh, Trevor Andrews. So that will be interesting to see if they trust that quarterback again in this upcoming year, upcoming uh, game, or do they uh, go with Trevor? It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, but of course, Jacob Trimble got his, you know, having a hundred yards receiving and a touchdown. But on the other side, I mean, it looks like Cypress might be the team to beat in Division Three If they can keep it up, I mean, maybe Holy Cross in lower of in Division Three is the only other team that can really make some damage with them. But that, it's going to be very interesting to see if Covenant can go back and maybe beat that team again. Isn't Hogan Nelson is the guy we were looking at. He's the freshman. He's like built, right? He's got a little, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that that Fort Worth will be in good hands. They got to figure some stuff out. But again, if you're anytime you're starting a, a freshman at quarterback, you're going to have some growing pains. However, yep. Walker, I'll turn to you now. What did you think of this game? 
I mean, I think. Oh, I was quick cut that. I meant to say Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, I'll turn to you now. What do you think of this game? Yeah, honestly, uh, I just think that I had it right and uh, y'all had it wrong. Oh, wait, was I not supposed to say that? No, no I mean, you're, you're uh, Hey, no, I honestly, y'all, I just, I, what, what do you say? Say it again. If this wasn't safe for work, I'd flip you off right now. Yeah, no, no, I got you, I got you. No, Chris Hogan, my dog. I think Chris Hogan is such a good coach. Like, he is such a good coach. Let's be honest. He built the, like, foundation for Grapevine Faith to succeed now. Like, it's, I'm sorry to say that. No discredit to any of the Grapevine coaches now, but Chris Hogan has been in that system forever, and now he goes and does it for Cypress instead. I love how he's been able to uh, do so well with these guys. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not just going to sit here and uh, meet Ryan Cypress the whole time. So I'm going to tell, tell it how it is. Jacob Trimble is who I said was going to have a good game. And even though they only had eight points, that one touchdown was Jacob Trimble. And I think Jacob Trimble, although – you know, uh, the rest of his team might have not, not have done as well. He's still got 100 receiving yards. He's still got a touchdown. Jacob Trimble's the man, and I want to see him do well. I want to see him be the dog for Fort Worth Christian and almost try to carry that team from the receiving position, like wide receiver position. Um, but no, honestly, Chris Hogan, great coach, and I am looking at their schedule right now. It just, you know, I think what's what's on my mind is give me another D3 versus D2 mashup. And when they on Friday, uh, September 17th, when they play Second Baptist, I'm hyped for that. I would love to see how they go up against such a dog like Second Baptist and how they do against them. Absolutely. Uh, that will be a game we have to mark. I really, I was impressed in a lot of aspects um, by Second Baptist, but oh, actually we'll get to that Yeah, let's, now. let's talk about that now. So I went and covered Kincaid versus Second Baptist this past Friday, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, it was a hell of a game to cover. Dylan Bell obviously is that dude, and I witnessed that in person. The dude went off for three touchdowns, and he didn't have a ridiculous amount of, like, breakout plays. However, he did have a couple. Go check our Twitter at Texas Private School Podcast for some ridiculous highlights I got. There's one highlight where Dylan breaks off for a run, and his brother Micah pancakes the ever-living mess out of this guy trying to tackle him. It is amazing. But – I've talked about Dylan and Micah Bell, who were very good. The kid that stood out to me more than anyone in this game was class of 22, Brown commit, running back strong safety, Everett Skillern. He had a touchdown, but his impact went well beyond the stat sheet. And I'm not saying that in some in some pity way like you hear most of the time. No, he, he impacted the game by – he shadowed Dylan Bell the entire time – and he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Georgia commit, and he didn't break. Now, granted, obviously, Dylan got his, but you can see from the highlights I posted, at least several times, Skiller made shoestring tackles on him. He's just someone that plays with incredibly precise form. He has a high IQ. He has a crazy high motor. And he is someone that we give a lot of credit to guys like Eli Smith, who's incredible in his own right. We didn't give enough to Everett Skillern leading into the season, and I really do think this is a guy that Coach Pertle and the whole Second Baptist team can hitch their wagon to. I'm really looking forward to see what he's going to do the rest of the season. But, yeah, obviously, Kincaid, Kincaid won the, this game. Um, it, the ending of it was, was very odd. Um, Kincaid could have need took in the knee and ran the clock out, and they didn't. They kept handing the ball off. I'm assuming to get Dylan more stats, but then they – 
they had to punt the ball back to second Baptist and it gave them a chance to win the game. I don't know. My brain hurts. <laughs> I'm not a high school football coach. They're smarter than me. However, that that's what I have for this game. Basically, my synopsis is Kincaid is very good. Second Baptist is also good for Division Two. It'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be Second Baptist in the semis with Regents again. We'll see. Walker, I'll turn to you. What did, what did you get from here? I mean, I won't say too much because you pretty much said it all, but I think talking about Everett Skiller, and when I went down and saw that school and talked to those guys, Coach Pirtle was the one guy, you know, he mentioned a lot of guys, but he said this one dude, Everett Skiller, will be a dog, and people need to notice that. And I think Brown got a steal in him, absolutely. Um, it's exciting to see Dylan and Micah, you know, kind of ball out this next couple of games. Uh, I know they have a pretty good matchup, I think, soon for sure. So it's going to be exciting to see, do they run the table again this year and become the SBC champions with those guys at the helm or uh, what happens? So it's going to be exciting. No, for sure. Ryan? I, I love how Ken Kidd played this game, and I actually – I, I, I saw the tweets coming out live, but I had to go watch that pancake again. Oh, my gosh. Go look at it. August 27th. It's got 23 likes, nine retweets right now. Um, and it is insane. Like, he blows him up on that play. And I I don't know. It's stuff like that that makes me want to just, you know, maybe go take a little four-hour ride home to go see some games this year. But, um, you know, I honestly, like, I – I would love to go see some games in person and I would love to go see King K play. I'm really excited about seeing, uh, you know, Bell play along with his brother. I, I Dylan Bell playing along with his brother, Micah. I think those guys can be insane and, you know, maybe give some more love to these SBC guys. Cause we don't really give a, I mean, we try to give as much love as possible to all private school, but a lot of it is focused on taps just because taps has been, uh, you know, the ones last year that had the season and SBC got cut off short, but we got to give love to the SBC when it comes to, teams like Kincaid because they got some dogs and Kincaid is a real real tough school I'm a call right now I think Kincaid probably takes it takes the cake over there I that's just that's my true opinion but second Baptist we'll see what happens with them I'm, I'm excited to see how they play the rest of the season yeah absolutely I want to talk about that for a second I think second Baptist will absolutely bounce back and I think that matchup of them versus uh Corbin Christian at the very end of the year that will be a game to watch um, talking about another SBC school, kind of moving into another thing, uh, Episcopal School of Dallas was about to lose a game to COVID, I believe, this week. This week, sorry, and then they found one against UIL 4A Wichita Falls Hershey, and they beat them 64-32. Um, they are officially because, like you said, SBC doesn't get a lot of the recognition. They're a good team, and they need to be treated as such. And Chase Kennedy, I believe, right after that game. Uh, I might be wrong the timeline of when he goes, but he just got his uh, hometown-ish offer by TCU. Um, so that kid has officially gotten power five looks now. And I think that kid is about to blow up even more. And the thing about it is they, we'll talk about their team more later, but they have dudes, not just him on that team. That's going to make him a very interesting team this year. No, without a doubt. Um we're now going to move on to some news and notes. Um, Walk, you want to talk about Holy Cross? Wait, yeah, Holy Cross versus Geneva. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit just the other games a little bit. Um, the Holy Cross versus Geneva game. Um, it was interesting that we all picked Holy Cross and Geneva. I believe we all picked Holy Cross. Could be wrong. Uh, yeah, we all picked Holy Cross, and of course Geneva ended up winning. So the D two team again reigns supreme. But 
Um, after losing J- Cade Barone, Jackson Young, we I I especially thought, all right, they don't really have that many other dudes. Um, we're wrong. Uh, again, we're wrong all the time. But uh, they got guys now, and you know it was really cool to see uh, Geneva uh, just kind of come up on top and show, you know, hey, we can play still, no matter what. Um, I am really disappointed to see. Uh, that Holy Cross versus Brian Brazos got uh, canceled due to COVID. That was a game that in in here in College Station that I was going to try to go watch, but um, I wanted that matchup really bad. That would have yeah, been fun to watch. For sure. Shout out Coach Hoff, great friends of the program. We will be at at least one or two Brian Brazos Christian games this season. I really, really like Levi Hancock and what they're doing with that program, and we will 100% be down there to see the future. Yeah, that's, that's right down the street, right? Yeah, that's it like – under 15 minutes drive. Yeah, I was going to say that's so easy just to go see that game real quick. Fine, look up their field. Their field is nice. It is. Is it really? Yeah, I'll, I want to look at it real quick. And while you're Brian. doing that, uh, I want to talk about uh, your alma mater again. Uh, okay. Austin Regents yeah. kind of just kind of rolled over Tyler Grace this past week, 45 to 8. And um, I, want I just it, I want it on record. Grace was screwed out of roughly five touchdowns, and we should have won that game. The, mm. the, the refs were the reason we lost. There you go. That's a true fan right there. I agree. Um, I just want to say Drew Dickey, our large school player of the year, MVP of Division Two, and overall just awesome dude. Um, he picked off where he left off last year with a state championship and with a stat line of 18 for 25, 341 yards and six touchdowns. Um, I don't know if you know, but I kind of think he wants to go back to back this year. Um, that's just kind of my prediction and Austin Regents got dudes, man. And I think they, they have a shot again to run it back. You know, Dallas Christian is a very strong team again this year, and it will see, it will be interesting to see if they can finally take over that hump again. But I, I mean, you can't count out Drew Dickey anymore. So here's the thing. I'm going to catch flack for being a DC homer because I, like I've said like four times, I've hitched my wagon to them. I hitched it last year. I'm going to do it again this year. The funny thing is I hate Dallas Christian. Dallas Christian beat me so many times. I don't like them at all. They're just really good at football. And I, it's hard for me to bet against them. I think that Regents is very good this year. Notice how I almost yep. said elite and I didn't. I reserved the term elite for Dallas Christian. I really think DC is going to be the the immovable object in this scenario. And I think they're really good. But in, I, I'm obligated to talk a little bit about Grace. Um, here's the thing about Grace. Um, they got rolled by Regents. Regents is going to be in, in the state championship. I mean, that's going to happen. I think Grace still has a chance to finish maybe second in their division and make the playoffs. I mean, because you look at who they got to beat. They got to beat McKinney, Brook Hill, and Bishop Dunn, who is absolute dog water this year. Uh, McKinney will be interesting. Brook Hill will be interesting. I'll probably go cover the Brook Hill game, but we'll see. Grace isn't particularly good. I don't know if they're terrible. I'll see when I watch them live. That's my little 30-second segment of my alma mater. Also, real quick, Ryan, uh, Grace plays Legacy um, on the 24th, so we got to have some kind of bet going for that. I, oh, well, I uh, – okay, well, let me talk about my game real quick. I'm just going to talk about it real quick. I won't say okay. much more than that, but Prestonwood are some dogs. Like, some dogs. Like, so one of my best friends that I'm friends with here, uh, he went to Prestonwood – 
Um, and I went to Legacy, and we just turned on the broadcast in the living room here on Friday night. And I put out a little tweet. I, I think I said, uh, I think I said that it's actually more fun to watch high school football on Friday nights than go out and party. Um, Cause I was like, I, I think that was one of my tweets, but I was like, I was genuinely, we sat there and just watched this game. And I literally turned it off and I said, bro, we need to find something fun to do. I'm like, I'm not sitting, I'm not sitting here watching, you know, my team get blown out any longer, but Presswood rolled legacy. And I am ex- excited to see what they can do. Um, final score was 56 to 10. Um, but you know what? That's okay. I, I, I have faith in these boys and I really do feel like, um, although the score was 49 to zero at halftime, uh, they can do good this next week. So what I'm hearing is we're both kind of poo this year. So it'll be an interesting game between two medium bottom level teams. You know what? I'm excited for it. Actually, if I'm being completely honest, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, what's it called? It's like the jets playing uh um jaguars yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no no no, that's good yeah it's gonna be fun we'll hype that up a lot i'll come with a lot of trash talk but we have to get through the rest of this um walker tell us real quick about fbca and how they're actually legit yeah forpin um they won 48 to 12 over bowling a uil 3a team this past week um brady dever the quarterback went off again uh, 31 for 45, 449, and five TDs. Um, just absolutely stud performance. And I think, you know, all the questions were, you know, they're losing a lot of seniors. What are they going to do? Are they going to get over that hump? And a lot of those questions have been answered and by a lot of people who just came into the school. Um, you know, uh, Bryce Gaze and Donovan Dixon and other guys just kind of came in and they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to dominate. And I think that's what you're going to see from this Fort Bend team. Um, like I said earlier, that second Baptist versus four Ben game is going to basically decide for taps wise, who's the best team in Houston. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see, um, especially when Dallas, uh, Ben Christian plays Dallas Christian of how good is this offense for, for Ben and how good is that defense as well? Because when you face a Titan like Dallas Christian, it really shows who, what the character of that team is and who you really are. So. I'm going to say we, I'm going to use DC as a measuring stick for almost every other team in division two. It's just how it is. It's just a, a really good standard to, to hold people to. However, that is all we have for news. And now we get into the fun stuff, which is our picks of the week. Hopefully the division three team I hitch my wagon to doesn't absolutely rail me again, but we will figure that out. Uh, Covenant, I'll never forgive you. I want that on record again. <laughs> <laughs> so the first <laughs> game we're looking at, is Trinity Christian Addison versus the Episcopal School of Dallas. All just some very quick intro. Episcopal School of Dallas is coming off a 64-32 to 32 win against UIL for a uh, Hershey that Walker already noticed. Uh, personally, I, I think they're going to overwhelm TCA here. However, TCA has been prone to play spoiler in the past. Uh, Brooke Hill, remember, they beat y'all last year. I, I remember that. But, uh, Walker, <laughs> I'll, I'll kick it to you. Uh, what do you think? we should be looking for in this game and who do you think is going to come out on top? Yeah. Like a little overview of the teams and their kind of their impact players, you know, ESD is led by, of course, the three-star defensive lineman and Chase Kennedy, uh, 2022 offensive lineman, Ryan Aysworth, Aysworth, something like that. I apologize. Uh, 2022 DB, uh, Kerr, Kerr Hogg, and then 2023 quarterback, Patrick Buke. Um, 
they're a good team, like I said earlier, and they're very underrated because they are SBC. And I think this, if I could go watch this game, I totally would have, but um, I, you know, work and all of that, but uh, that will be a very interesting game for ESD. And then on the other side, led by Steve Hayes, Trinity Christian Addison is led by 22 athlete uh, Luke Trinidad. I think there's a running back and he might be the fastest kid in taps. He runs a 10, 7, 400 meter was in the state meet for uh, track was the hundred meter champion. Uh, I guess first place or whatever. Uh, other guys, 2022 offensive lineman, Cody Polk, uh, Luke Johnston, uh, the 2023 tied in. Uh, and also Marcus Schumacher, one of the most underrated guys, that 2022 athlete for them. Um, I think he's a very, very underrated guy coming off of injury, and he's going to make some noise this year. Um, some other guys, Dylan Eubanks, the 24, and also the 24 quarterback, Kay Trotter. Um, this will be a very interesting game. And it's a game that both with TCA not really being in taps, but being in taps in like this weird state, team, both teams are teams that we really don't know much about. And I think this will be a very interesting game to see who they really are. Um, for me, I'm going to give ESD the win. And I think that's going to be my pick just because I think they're coming off such a big game last time. And I think they have the high and they have the momentum, but you never know. Like you said, TCA could make something happen. So no, exactly. Can you tell the man is a recruiting analyst and, and knows what he's talking about? He's a, he's a walking encyclopedia of information. It never fails to amaze me. Walker, I'll, I'll, I mean, Ryan, I'll turn to you. What do you, what do you think about ESD TCA? You know what? I, I low-key got some bad blood with TCA Addison. Um, just just for even people around here in Stillwater that went to TCA Addison. Well, I know. I, out of any person I've ever met with in my the, life. You, you want to throw hands with everyone. I don't want to throw hands with anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no problem want, with anybody. proverbial hands. You want to throw hands with, yeah, with yeah, anyone yeah. that has trained Christian in their title. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, TCA Addison, though. It's, it's, it's you know, in my opinion – uh, I don't really know enough about them to, to really talk, uh, talk a great amount, but I'm excited for ESD this year. I want them to prove something that they couldn't prove last year with how the SBC played. And uh, I love how they played against, you know, against a UIL team, a UIL 4A team last week. Like it just proves that some of these TAPS teams can go out and beat these UIL teams. And I mean, not TAPS, uh, SBC teams, even private school teams in general can beat UIL teams. So yeah, give me ESD. Give me ESD by two touchdowns. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I mean, I, I like the pick. I don't I, – I, two touchdowns might be – that's a fair line. I'd probably set it at like like 10, although Greg Tepper yelled at me for talking about gambling in high school football, but we'll <laughs> pass that. <laughs> we now move into a game that I am very interested in, uh, Houston St. Pius versus Dallas Christian. Um, just really quickly, in terms of D.C., I've known this team as long as I've known football. Uh, this team might be one of their best. I've got a lot of inside information there. Usually they BS me on how good they're going to be, and they kind of kid me and like, oh, we don't have anyone this year. This year they said we got dudes, and I've been looking more into it. They have dudes. They're going to be really daggum good at football this year. Um, we'll get more into that later. Actually, I'm going to say right now, Probably the biggest sleeper on this team is 22 free safety Max Makeda, younger brother of the former Sunnyvale quarterback. He played he played quarterback and free safety at Sunnyvale, and I just pulled up his highlights and I was looking at him. The kid is the definition of Dallas Christian football, just hard-nosed, 
will take your ankles out from under you. Just the most precise form you'll see. I mean, I, I really, really think that he will be an integral part of this team and leading them back for state. And first of all, this is going to be the Dallas Christian revenge tour. I really, really think that they're just straight up pissed off how they shot themselves in the foot so many times at state last year. And I think they think they were robbed by regents. So I'm really, really interested to see how this, basically how this wounded animal reacts this season. I, I think it'll be really interesting, but in terms of, obviously you can't tell my pick was Dallas Christian for this game. Uh, in terms of more on this actual game, Walker, I'm going to let you let, cut you loose. Yeah, a little insight to the teams. You know, St. Pius led by Greg Cranfield. You know, their big-time guy is, you know, 22 tight end um, San Diego State commit, Logan Tanner, uh, 22 linebacker Carson Heinz, uh, who a very, very big-time guy, linebacker, one of the best defensive players in all the private school, uh, 22 offensive-defensive lineman Michael Fight, uh, Nathaniel Lolo. I think that's how you say that. I might cut that out if I don't know. Close enough. Anyways, uh, 2023 quarterback Kale Skinner, I believe, won the job. Uh, and then 2023 athlete Vince Doucette. Um, You know, he already mentioned guys on Dallas Christian, but, of course, he's led by head coach, Coach Wheeler. And then also Gabe Grubbs, uh, Jackson Berry, who transferred from John Paul, and also Nick Dore, who transferred from TCA Addison. Um, this is how I see it. And, you know – Bishop uh, Dallas Christian started with another division one team and Bishop Lynch and won 42 14. They play another division one team who's probably a little bit better than Bishop Lynch and St. Pius this week. And then they play Argyle uh, Liberty Christian next week, then Addison, TC Addison, then Fort Bend Christian, and then Fort Worth Christian. They are going basically, they're going every little more step up in the D1 ladder to see how good this team is. And until they lose, I'm not going to bet against them. So I'm going to say DC wins this game. But I, the thing about this game, this is probably the biggest like play team they face, like toughest in a while. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how well they compete. But I, I can't bet against DC. So completely agree. And also remember, I'm keeping this this just absolute hate list out of teams that I have hitched my wagon to. How many times am I going to say hitch my wagon in this podcast? <laughs> out of teams that I have attached myself to and very strongly that have let me down. Don't forget that I did this the whole year with DC. I call them a rolling ball of chainsaws, every asset mm. in the book, and they screwed me against regions. They made me look like an idiot. So, again, DC, right your wrongs you did to me and, and go out and win this year. Ryan, what, what do you think about DC St. Pius? I, I honestly uh, just believe that DC are some dogs. Um, I think it's very easy to realize how good this DC team is. Um, I, I want to say J Jalil Brown. I, you, you know, he, he did what he needed to do. He got three touchdowns, 101 uh, uh, yards on 17 carries. It's just – I think he's going to be a dog for them. I, I really liked how, um, you know, how Luke Carney played, but in all reality, um, and, yeah. and he's, he's a freshman, right? Yeah, another 25 starting for a big-time power in private school. He was 11 for 13, by the way. He only had two passes incomplete. That's crazy. Are you kidding me? This is his first high school game, and he only had two incomplete passes? I love that. I love that. I think that's awesome. But, uh, oh, and then if you didn't know, by the way, um, Jaleel Brown had four touchdowns in total because he actually caught 
uh, uh, the touchdown from Luke Carney. So, yeah, let's keep that in mind. This kid is a dog. Jaleel Brown is a dog. Um, and I'm really excited to see whatever. You know, I, I feel like that uh, TikTok meme right now. Uh, what are uh, Jaleel Brown, dog. Uh, you know, all that, how that goes. But I mean, uh, it really is. They have so many elite weapons. It's like they can basically just blindfold themselves and throw a dart at a person, and that's who's going to go off that game. I mean, I really think they're poised for a big year. Once oh. speaking of TikTok, we have to mention. The, oh my! God. I don't know how we did it. Did you see this? The so I was scrolling through TikTok as as why can't we? Oh, well, we can, but I'm just saying it's okay. gonna hurt me. So basically, Austin Regents, if you didn't see this, I'll we'll put I'm the like, TikTok in the it. video. But Regents, one of their players threw up right before the snap, just on the field, snapped the ball, ran and scored against Tyler Grace. And it is one of the funniest clips I've ever seen. Just the, one dog mentality. Shout out to him. But two, like, how do you feel? Whoever that safety is, I was running at him at the end of the clip needs to be fired immediately. That was disgusting. At least dive and make a tackle. That was pathetic. I will. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send it to you, Ryan. After this, it's it's really really funny. Anyways. That's insane. And now we move into what I'm going to call my game of the week, and it might be y'all's as well. Shiner St. Paul versus Cypress Christian, a game that I'm looking to go probably cover. Um, this is this game is it's going to be very hard for me. Um, that both teams still have a lot of guys coming from last year's squad, and Cypress is coming off that gigantic momentum building win against Fort Worth Christian. However, mm. St. Paul is still the defending champion, mm. and until they're knocked off. I'm going to ride with Zach Johnson in the squad. Ooh. You know, our, our player of the week, the guy that had seven touchdowns. Honestly, it's it's so close. The game is so close to being a coin flip for me. Like, it can go either way. And I might just be building myself an out in case I lose. Like, hey, I said it could go either way. However, I'm hitching my – God dang it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm attaching myself to Shiner St. Paul. I really think that I, – I think that – they are poised for another state title run. And I think it begins here. So Walker, um, I'm going to take St. Paul in this game. Um, I think you've got some theatrics planned. So who are, you, who are you taking here? Okay. Let's, let's do a little deep dive as I always do. Shiner St. Paul head by Jake's Waxmith, you know, the seven time state championship head coach um, running back, Zach Johnson, the stud and looking into him again, Braden Slaughter, the 23 athlete, 24, Nate Bodecker, and then 23 quarterback and son of head coach, Jacob Waxmith. I'm guessing it's the son. That makes sense to me. And then going on the Cypress Christian side, you have the head coach. You know, we talk about a lot, Chris Hilgen. And then impact player, 22 quarterback, uh, Maxwell Landrum. And then you also, who's one of the best private school quarterbacks in Houston. 22 running back, Cody Andrews, Jackson Owen. 22 wide receiver, DB. 22 offensive D-line, Jacob, Jacob Swan, Jake Swan. And also 22 linebacker Griffin Fisk, and then also 22 DB Jackson Braun. This is basically the battle of the Titans of Division Four, who have won it many years. And Coach Waxmith is trying to get his eighth state championship. And then you have the one of the top dogs, maybe the top dog in D3. Just by that, you would think uh, Cypress Christian, right? The higher classification, the top dog of a higher classification should win, right? But one thing you should never do is underestimate Shiner St. Paul, led by the absolute stud, Zach Johnson. 
Coach Waxmith, again, is trying to achieve his eighth state title in TAPS this year. I have the utmost respect for this Shiner St. Paul team. But after what happened last week, I would be dumb to pick against Cypress and Coach Elgin. So give me, as my mortal lock, Cypress Christian. Thank you. I, re- I really like – your lights are so much better than mine. That makes me so mad. But I, I like the, the trend I've kicked off here. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to do my locks too now at this point. Not this week, though. I don't get one this week. But I'm going to do, do one in the future. Awesome. Continue. Uh, Ryan, to you, my good sir. You know what? I, I hope this game is good. Honestly, if there's anything about this, I hope this game is good. Like, I, I don't want this to be a blowout in any aspect. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I really hope this is just a good game. I, I hope that, you know, we can really, really see how good both these teams are, and I hope it really is just like a dogfight. I love Chris Hogan. I love Chris Hogan. I think he's one of the best coaches. There's going to be a um, What? There's going to be a butt here. Say it. I honestly, I honestly love St. Paul too, but you know, I don't think Zach Johnson has the same game as he did last week. Not at all. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think he gets seven touchdowns again. There's no way. And obviously it's pretty, it's a pretty easy statement to make. You don't think the guys can have seven touchdowns again. Understandable. But I don't think you'll have five. I don't even think he'll have four. I, I really do think that it's more realistic against again a good cypress christian team for him to have something like three touchdowns and then for something like you know cypress christian to score like four or five um but he's what he's gonna be the only one that's gonna score on that team in my opinion and i think when it comes to cypress christian just better overall team i think cypress christian's gonna win and better all overall coaching i'm sorry uh wax waxmith waxmith whatever but i think chris hogan's a dog of a coach I love wow. this. I love being on an island by myself. I there love my go. back against the wall. There you go. Uh, but no, that's very good for content. And it'll mm. be very, very interesting when I go down there. And, you know, honestly, if 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 Shiner St. Paul gets absolutely waxed here, it's going to be a proven fact that I have a curse. And any team I pick <laughs> is just immediately doomed. However, we'll figure that out when we cross it, and we will we will see what comes out of that game. I really, really hope, for the sake of my credibility, that St. Paul wins that game, or else I'm going to yet again look like an idiot. I just want it to be a good game. I want it to be a good game. Oh, but I want St. Paul to win for my own oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Sorry. I've now talked it up a lot more than I probably should have, and I'm just putting my neck out on the line for a TAPS D14. But that's what I do. I'm a man. I'm the man of the of the underdog. Once I want one second before we go into the next game, I want to look at who Shiner played last week. The last time Shiner St. Paul played a Division Three team, okay, was uh, one. It was San Antonio Holy Cross, and they lost twenty-one fourteen. That was the last time they played a D three team. I don't hate that. And Holy Cross last year was close, of course, with uh, whatever Cypress Christian. So. I mean, it will be a very interesting game to see if the, the D4 powerhouse can knock off the, the D3, one of the best teams in D3. I'm no genius, but I think those numbers are starting to work in my favor. But, mm. but we'll see. I mean, we've talked a lot about that game. All that can be left to do is for the two teams to play. And hopefully Zach Johnson makes me look like a relatively smart person. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Mm. Moving on. 
Plano JP2 versus Houston St. Thomas. Uh, JP2 has just had an absolute mass exodus of people come out of there. Walker will get to it later to see what talent they have left there. I'm going to be pretty brief here. I'm taking Houston St. Thomas for the, the reasons I mentioned above. Um, honestly, it could be close, but I really like the wide receiver duo of Cameron Price and John Rick Madden. Cameron Price had 10 touchdowns last year. I think both of those guys are running like the four fives, four sixes. So they're, they got some burners. You know, uh, Greg Tepper told me that I get starry-eyed over skill players last week. That's exactly right, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. Give me Houston St. Thomas. Oh, my God. There you go. There you go. He's going He's going today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No, Tepper, Tepper's going to watch this podcast and be like, you know what? I, sh- I, I told him. I told him to. I told him not to. Ugh. Um, little overview, as I always do. You know, Plano John Paul is not head coach by George Teague anymore. He is transferred to the athletic director, and now it's Mario Edwards, I believe. Uh, impact players. They lost a lot. You know, you thought two years ago they lost a lot, or a year ago technically. But now this year they've lost a lot again. You know, they lose the Ohio State commit, Terrence Brooks. Wow. That's my God. That's my job. And I almost forgot that name. Yeah. Ohio State commit, uh, Terrence Brooks. Jackson Berry transfers out. Uh, who else? Cam Robertson transfers to Denton Ryan. Uh, Braxton Myers transfers to Capel, and I believe there's others, but their big time talent, the ones that took them a long distance a couple years ago to go to the state, a lot of them are gone. You still got, you know, UCF commit Caden Kittler, and but how well is this team going to adapt? You know, they still have 2023 quarterback Drew Forkner, uh, 2022 athlete Ben Bolin, and then also 2024 defensive back Jalen Archibald. They have dudes. The thing about it is Houston St. Thomas also lost a lot. Uh, Cameron Bonner goes to Baylor. Drake Martinez, Colorado State. And then they lose Maddox Cop, one of the best quarterbacks in all of Houston last year, to the University of Houston. Um, the thing about it is Rich McGuire, the head coach, has some guys coming back. And also a new quarterback in 22 quarterback, Jake Wright. Like you said, Cameron Price, Thomas Green on the offensive line in 22. This will be a really good matchup of DFW versus Houston. Two big-time teams in the two biggest areas in Texas. Plano, of course, lost a lot, like I said, but St. Thomas did as well. This will be a good game to see whose future looks the brightest with the guys they have left. And for that reason, I think in the trenches, I think uh, St. Thomas is going to win this game, so I'm going to go with St. Thomas. Ryan? Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to keep it maybe, uh, you know, kind of along the same lines. But I just think if you say in the trenches, you know, St. Thomas has got it better. I mean, what about Caden Killer? Caden Killer is the dog for JB2. I mean, the same way that way. Uh, I, I think y'all are right, though. I really do think he's in St. Thomas. It's just, um, it's just, you know, a great team. And I don't really know a lot about this, a lot about this. I just know that JB2 has just lost a ton of people. And this game would have been a blowout if JB2 had all the guys that they had. Um, but like, I mean, you know, I, I need, I think JB2 needs to prove it to me a little bit before I can start picking them for games after um, everything that's gone through. And I mean, I think Mario Edwards has to show me that through his coaching powers that he can, you know, claim this team. I, I really would love to know more about the story of like why the coaching change was made and 
more along the lines of if he's still in the school system, why is he not coaching this team? If he's, I, I just want to know more about it. If I'm being completely honest, I don't have any opinions on it yet because I don't know enough, but I'm, I'm just curious. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, whenever all three of us pick one team, terrible things usually happen. So somehow JP2 will probably end up winning this game because that's yeah. what works when we all pick one team. However, again, it's, you can't worry about that too much. And now we move into the final game we're going to cover, um, which will be Coram Dale versus Grace Prep. I'm going to come out and say it. I really like Grace Prep here. One of these days, I'm going to stop picking D3 over D2 upsets. Today <laughs> is not that day. Mm. 23 quarterback Jalen Talton is that dude. I was watching his tape earlier. This dude is really good at football. And, you know, Coram Dale, just quite frankly, has been getting absolutely railed since they moved up to D2. And it appears currently to be a program that lacks any sort of life, whereas Grace Prep appears to be the exact opposite, mm. a team gaining traction. And, you know, I alluded this early. Um, I've already decided that I'm going to be the advocate for TAPS Division III um, on this podcast and throughout mm. the rest of the world. And if that ship goes down... I go down with it. I like race prep here. I think they will beat Coram Dale. Mm. Ryan, do you want to go next? You want me to? Yeah, no, I'll go. I'll go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right along with you. I'm right along with you. I think Grace Prep is an insanely good school. And I, it's, I don't think it's crazy to say that the guy by himself put up five touchdowns. He had four. Uh, let me make sure. Let me subscribe. But four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. You cannot tell me that he's not a dog. Also, he's a junior, by the way. Keep that in mind. He's got, they got a, a grace prep, unless he leaves, has a whole nother season with him. That's awesome. I love that for them. I love that he can only get better. Um, honestly, give me grace prep by three touchdowns. Give me by 20 points. I, I honestly, I am honest with you. You know, I would ask me 20 points. I would act surprised. I honestly think that and that this is going to get clipped and it's come back to buy me. I think Coram Bayo is that bad. I, I think Grace Pep is good. I don't think Coram Bayo is going to be very good. At I'm, I'm right there. Give, give us the context about why this game is going to go the way it is. Okay. Grace Prep is led by, you know, Chad Pegas. Uh, impact players, like you mentioned, Jalen Talton, Reed Turner, the 22 linebacker, 22 athlete, Liam Onion, 22 uh, – Offense and defensive lineman Malik Anderson, another 22 O-line D-line and Xavier Keegan, and a 2024 wide receiver Caden LaHue that I'm really interested to see ball out this year. On the other side, Coram Deo is led by Sean Riley. You know, their impact player, of course, was, you know, one of the best defensive linemen in the state and Jaden Scarlett, but he transfers out and goes to Argyle. So what is that team left with? I mean, in a guy I really, really like and 24 running back John Raybuck. I really, really like that kid. Uh, other guys, 22 offensive linemen, uh, defensive linemen, Zach McCallie, 23 athletes, Sam Girth, 23 quarterback, Luke Newton, 23 offensive lineman, Carson Schmitz, and also 23 linebacker, Brock Holton. This will be a great matchup, I honestly think, between another time, another big D3 team, and then a middle-tier to low-tier D2 team. Corndale has talent. I don't think they're going to be able to beat the other teams, in that district that they play in, but it's not like they do not have guys. I really, really like John Raybuck and Sam Girth. Those younger guys on that team, they're just a really young team. 
I think Grace Prep, though, I think is just a little bit more talented. And I think Jalen will have a fun time throwing to guys like Liam Onion and Caden LaHood this season. So give me Grace Prep. And I'm going to also say this. Grace Prep might give Covenant a run for their money up north in Division Three this year. If they keep playing like they do, uh, and always an Arlington school is always pretty decent in Division Three. And they've always had a good quarterback, you know, back in the day with the, I'm not going to say it, but they've always, when we played them back in the day, they always had good quarterbacks and good players. I think Grace Prep could make some noise this year. So give me Grace Prep in this game and give me Grace Prep maybe in some down the line games too. I 100% agree. Go on, Ryan. I was going to say this real quick. I got to give love to these wide receivers on this team. And I know, I know uh, Talton is probably making them look good at this point, but this team is young, y'all. Uh, uh, I mean, if you got a junior quarterback, you want the guy that did well uh, for receiving wise, the junior as well. Caleb Mathis had eight receptions for 147 yards in the touchdown. You got Bra- uh, Braden Love, who got five receptions, 73 yards, two touchdowns. And yeah, like you said, Caden uh, Lehu, uh, who's a sophomore, five receptions, 67 yards, one touchdown. Grace Prep, if not this year, I think next year could just just run the show for Division Three, and you know, and I don't want to say anything too crazy because I do love Cypress Christian, and I think that they're a good team as well. But I'm not going to go out and say it as much as y'all have about Grace Prep. I low-key think that this year is just a stepping stone into how well they're going to be next year, in my opinion. Like I think Coram Dale, you know, they they they're young, but they also got hit with a lot of other teams got hit with is that their population just drew grew a little bit too much where they had to move up to division two. And that's just something they have to deal with now that they were a top tier team in division three, just had to move up. And that's something they have to struggle with in the past couple of years. And, you know, you see them struggling now. So. Yeah, for sure. To close out, I've mentioned before, Grace prep is not simply a basketball school anymore. Nope. They are very good at football as well. They're back to being good at football, exactly. man. Exactly. Expect them to make, and I'll go out on the record, make major waves this year in Division Three. I think they can compete at a high level. And also, if I leave you with two words, I'll say this. Jalen Talton, keep the name in mind. I think he's going to do a lot of good things. I think so, too. But that that um, concludes the games that we're looking forward to. The pick records will be updated next week as it comes in. Um It'll be interesting to see how we do. I think we got a little bit better footing this week because the games, some games have already been played. We know who has who and who's going to perform. However, we'll see. There's still a good chance that somehow we all go like three and six because that's how high school football goes. But um, is there anything y'all want to close with? Uh, not really. I just want to say, sadly, I can't go cover any games this week. You know, job comes first. So I have other games I have to go cover. But I'm really excited and will tune in to all the games this week. Uh, I want to shout out my boys back home, beating uh, Trinity Valley, you know, bringing the Dog Bowl back home again. And they're going to beat the Brakes off of Fort Worth Country Day again and beat the other team on Brian Irvin this week. So shout out to them. Good luck, guys. I'd also like to give a shout out to my alma mater by keeping it within 50. Go Cougars. <laughs> Ryan, what do you got to leave us with? Yeah, I'm going to say keeping within 50 as well. That's a shout out here as well. But no. Um, I, uh, I'm going to be sitting same spot as I always am on that couch out of my living room. And I'm going to be live streaming these games. 
please, uh, if you if you don't respond to us, respond to Texas Private School Football Guy as well. Um, he uh, puts out a little tweet every week saying, like, leave the links to your live streams. Do it, please. It, it's so helpful for me. It's finding stuff um, so I can watch the games on Friday night. And you know what? I got to go. I got to go to my job as well on Saturday, OSU. So, you know, it's it's all about that now. We're getting into college football season. We're getting into NFL season. It's all happening right now. And I'm glad football's back. Yeah, football back. 100%. All that being said, um, I have been one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have excellently been themselves, and we will see you in the next episode next Thursday. Peace.